Welcome to another episode of Civic Cipher. I am your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward. I see I got my voice back. I was starting to like the quiet storm, Ramses. <laughs> you know, but I'm back to being Q now, and you guys are tuned in to Civic Cipher. Yeah, we need that, man. Q back in the land of the living, sounding good. And uh, that's a good thing because we got a whole lot to bring you this week. Of course, uh, crazy stories all across the news, not the least of which is Ralph Yarrell and uh the emotional roller coaster that that's been uh, for those that don't know please stay tuned because we will educate you on all the goings on with that story and if we're honest um that story got us to thinking about the amount of anti-black violence that we have to deal with in this country and what it's like to live in the aftermath of that a lot of times we talk about stories that are very final in that it often results in death um, so today we're going to talk about what it's like to live in the aftermath of anti-black violence for those that do survive. And we have a, a story from our own backyard. Uh, we're joined in the studio by Marshawn, Marshawn Neely. Uh, so welcome to the studio, brother. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored to be, be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, he's got an, a, a crazy story to tell us. And uh, the story does have a happy ending in that you're still here with us and you're actually fighting back. So we can't wait to uh, peel back the layers of that. Um, you're in the middle of a lawsuit at this as well, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. So definitely a lot to stick around for there. Um, we're also going to be talking about, for the way Black History fact, the uh, origins uh, or the Black origins in hockey. Uh, and, you know, that's something that I didn't know about. And I'm really excited to share that with you because I thought that Black people didn't start playing hockey until to the 80s maybe but actually it goes a lot deeper than that so stay tuned for that and so much more but first and foremost uh it's time for some ebony excellence so q i think this one is for you you know i was thinking about the ebony excellence for this week um to say i got a little bit emotional when i read about the subject of our ebony excellence would be putting it lightly uh, but this week's ebony excellence is brought to you by ramses's afro <laughs> okay if you've never seen this thing it is glorious there's the reason why a lot of us smile it's like sunshine <laughs> but i'll talk to you guys about a little bit about uh, a little bit more about that later uh, the story comes from cbs sports bill safety demar hamlin announces his plan to return to the nfl after what a lot of us saw as a very very scary on-field collapse uh, and what can only be described as a remarkable recovery demar has been fully cleared to return to football activities man Ooh, I had to take a deep breath reading that because mm. I saw uh, this incident live when it happened. Uh, quote, I'm thankful and blessed, Hamlin said at a press conference Tuesday. Uh, end quote. Um, blessed to have wonderful trainers here who treat me with love and care as if I was one of their own children. This event was life changing, but it's not the end of my story. I'm here to announce that I plan on making a comeback to the NFL. The diagnosis of what happened to me was basically commodio cortis. It's a direct blow at a specific point in your heartbeat that causes cardiac arrest. And five seconds later, you fall out. That's what everyone has seen back on January 2nd of this year. Um, all of us that seen it, I can say that we were terrified in the moment. Um, he's been cleared for football activities. I'm hoping his brother makes a recovery and that he does not uh, find himself in any life-threatening positions as a result of that. Prayers up for DeMar Hamlin. Um, 
I think that's ebony excellence if we've ever seen it. That's resilience right there. Talk to me about it. I love that. All right. So living in the aftermath of anti-Black violence. As I mentioned, our guest today is Marshawn Neely. Um, and, you know, let's let's not keep folks waiting. Why don't you tell us the story of what happened to you um, your most recent encounter with the police. Um, it just started off as a normal day. Then it just went all downhill from there. Um, me and my girlfriend, we, we got into a simple argument that day. She wanted me to leave. You know, I was getting ready to leave anyway, just to defuse the situation. Mm -hmm. I think her mother had suggested to her to call the police that 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 way no, no, nothing happens you know any fighting or anything but like like i do i want to let you guys know i don't condone domestic violence or you know women hitting men or men hitting women it was just you know a simple argument that happened that day and the police were called to my house and um when the police arrived they actually already opened my door to my house it was unlocked and i didn't know so um in the video you could see me coming around the corner the door is ajar i instantly closed the door i let them know they were okay because they actually came later it took them a while to come so by that time we already diffused the situation we talked 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 it out he wanted them to leave and i shut the door the next thing you know they bust down my door and when they bust down the door in the video, you you could see me like ball up because I thought that they were just going to grab my hand and turn me around and just, you know, detain me or ask me what happened. Because at this point in time, when, when whenever the police are called, you're still innocent until proven guilty. So, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't feel like any crimes was committed. I never hit anyone. I never touched anyone. So I thought they were going to talk to me, you know, normally if someone is called, they just ask one of the parties to leave until things die, die down. Instead, I think by me being black, they just wanted to take it there. So they didn't like the fact that I shut the door to my own house. My lawyer, Quasi Smith, he's a retired police officer, and he basically told me, like, that was a bad idea to shut the door because they're still going to investigate. So they broke the door down. And from there, the first police officer, instead of grabbing my arm and putting it behind my back, because that's normally how you get arrested. They take your arms and put them in handcuffs. Instead of him doing that, he actually took my head and like slammed it into the wall. He slammed it into the wall. I wind up losing four teeth automatically. I got two of them fixed. That was almost like $3,000. And then I still got to get the other two, two fixed. I'm working on that now, but he slammed my head into the wall. I lost four, four teeth. They take me to the ground. Now, when they take me to the ground, there's three officers on me. And one officer has his, his arm across my like nose and face. So I can't breathe at that time. This is still in the in the like doorway of your house. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I had the video footage and I released that. So at this time, I'm letting the police know, like, 
in the video that they released on the news, they actually muted every word out that I said. Like when they took me to the ground, I'm letting them know I'm not resisting. Uh, I'm not resisting. I can't breathe because at that time, he's like basically holding my nose and my mouth because he got his arm across me and we got like three officers with they knee, knee, knees in my back. So, man, you at, at this time, when they take me to the ground, they break four of my teeth. So I'm not I'm not trying to escalate the situation anymore. I feel my teeth like falling out my mouth. I'm like, hey, my hands are behind my back. So the next thing they do, an officer reaches and grabs my hand. And that's when he snaps my finger in half. He like he broke my bone to my finger and he broke my knuckle. So and this is what I'm seeing right here on your finger. Yeah. So when you break a bone, a bone can be fixed, but my knuckle cannot be fixed. I had needles in my hand. So like half of my knuckle was sitting right here. The other half is sitting right here. This finger, I can't bend at all. It's permanently going to be like this for the rest of my life. I can't use this finger. I can't write all, all day long. I'm massaging it. So when he reached down to put, put on me in handcuffs, they break my four teeth. They slam me into the wall. They slam my head. They break four teeth now and grabbing my hand. The officer snaps my finger. I feel it. I yell. Now, the way they had me on the ground, I'm laying like at an angle. So half of my body is sticking out my laundry room. My legs are inside the laundry room. Your laundry room is by the front door? Yes, yeah, by the front door. Okay. So half of my legs are, are inside the laundry room door. And that's when they bring the canine in. I'm not running. I'm not resisting. And at this point, uh, the canine handler, he yells at the police officer, give me a, give me a leg, give me a leg. And the police officer, instead of him helping the other two finish putting me in hand, handcuffs so they can get off of my back. And, and stop me because I'm almost finna pass out. I'm like, it's like I'm finna die. Like, I really felt what George Floyd felt that day when they put knees in his back. Uh, I just thought I was gonna die because I can't breathe. So, instead of him helping the police, the officer gets off of my back and he's really holding down my legs. Real, real quick, real quick. Um, I wanna paint a picture for folks that are uh, listening to the story. So, how tall are you? How much you weigh? I'm like 140. I'm probably like five, five. I'm a little guy. Okay. All right. Keep going. Okay. And these officers are huge. Okay. Huge. Uh, that's what I wanted to establish. Huge. Go ahead. Keep, keep telling. So once he gets off of my leg, I have to straighten my body up because I'm at an angle. My legs automatically like straighten out and they go down. And that's when the officer releases the dog on my leg and the dog actually bit my leg for almost a minute. They couldn't get him off. He bit my leg for a minute. And then that's when I'm like telling them, like, get the dog. I'm screaming, get the dog. And at the time it is, you know, I, I got kids in the house, man. So my kids still ask me to this day, like, are any is anybody going to come in the house and hurt dad or what's going on with dad? Like my kids still remember me screaming, you know, the stuff that went on. That so day. How long ago was this? Did this happen? This happened in November. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. And you've been dealing with this ever since, I'm sure. Ever since. Okay. So keep going. So after they yanked me up off the floor, 
I can't walk. So they're basically like dragging me out the house. So they cut the video. They edited the video where they take my mo- what, what, what worries out what I'm telling them. First off, first off, how long did it take for you to get that video from which which police department was this? Uh, Goodyear Police. Goodyear Police in Arizona. Arizona. OK. Um, how long did it take for you to get the video? Um, took them almost four months. They mm-hmm. released yeah, almost okay. four months. And then they released an edited version of the video. A uh, edited version. Okay. Where literally my words are muted. You don't hear me say I can't breathe. You don't hear me say I'm not resisting. You don't hear me say any of that. Okay. I I, I seen the video, so I know. So they edited that 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 out, and what they edited too is like. They didn't show like how my neighbors were concerned. They were outside praying for me and stuff like that. So once they bring me out the house, they like sit me on a curb and I'm just leaking blood everywhere. Leaking blood. Can I see? Can I see where you're where the dog bit you? Oh yeah, of course, of course. Just just so I could see. This is this is where they stitched it up. The dog bit me here. And the main part was that kept me from walking for months is when he bit the back of my calf muscle, I'm laying down All on right. the ground. Get, get a little closer. So explain that again, the back of your... Yeah, so when he bit the back of my calf muscle, they weren't able to stitch this up or do anything to it. It just had to heal naturally. Okay. And that took months. And it still hurts to this day. I have trouble walking. I could barely can walk. I could stand up straight. It, it just, it's horrible. So... Let me ask you this. Was the dog, did the dog bite and then shake? Yeah, shake and lock. Okay. He locked lock, lock, to, to my leg. Now, man, you, I never, I done been in a fight before, but I never had a broken bone. I never had anyone knock four of my teeth out, and I never had a dog maul my leg off. So, you know, I didn't know about surgeries at this time. I went through several sur- surgeries, but when the ambulance finally came, they took me to the hospital. And the officer was joking with me like, oh, you you never played rugby before. People get their teeth knocked out every day like it was a normal thing for me to be missing four teeth, for my finger to be broken. So they take me to the first hospital. And at the first hospital, when you're in police custody, they don't let you use telephones to contact your family members to let them know what's going on because they feel like I by me being charged with a misdemeanor, I could break out of jail and have somebody come to the hospital to free me. Wait a minute. You said this was a misdemeanor? Yeah, all this is a misdemeanor charge. Okay, and did these officers fear for their life? Did they did they did they were they did they get the sense that you were trying to run or escape or anything like that? Um in the nine one one call, um, it was actually stated that I had no weapons and I did not hit anyone. So I don't know why they took it that far. Okay. All right. Keep going. So you can't call anyone from the hospital. So when I get to the hospital, it's, it's a big ordeal about the cops because the police, they have to sit with you inside the hospital. So it's a big ordeal about, hey, we're switching shifts now. One is ready to go home. So they're talking to me about surgery now. So I'm scared. They're like, oh, we got to stick you with needles. We, 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 we got to put you to sleep. I'm going to have to oh, oh, open you up. I'm like, let me call some of my family members and let, let them know what, what's going on. Mm-hmm. So they refused me a phone call at the hospital. And they just say, like, I never signed a paper. So you got to sign a paper saying that you refuse service. I never signed the paper. So they instantly just yank me out the hospital bed, drag me back to the car. Then they take me to jail. 
So now I'm at the jail. The jail was completely wrong from even accepting me into jail because the CEOs let on me and me know you can't accept no one into jail with broken bones and it's leaking blood. So they went against protocol. They let me go to the Maricopa County Jail with a broken finger, broken teeth, my leg leaking. So they basically just throw me in a cell for about 10 hours and I'm, I'm ringing the bell constantly. But I don't want to put too much blame on the Maricopa County Jail because I feel like I shouldn't even been there to begin with. Like, I feel like I should have just been left at the hospital till I needed the proper care so I could digest what's going on. Like, I'm still thinking it's a movie. Like, I can't believe, like, what, what what's happening. So they, they take me to the cell. They leave me in the cell for almost 10 hours. I probably got to jail at like nine in the morning. I didn't make it to the hospital till midnight that night. So I'm in the cell just all day, leaking blood, pressing the bill. Hey, I need help. I need some type of antibiotics. Some, I don't want to catch an infection or anything like that. I don't know if this dog has rabies, anything like that. So they leave me in the cell all day, 12, 16 hours. Finally, a black CEO that works for the jail, I don't remember his name. He just tells me like, man, that's messed up. They weren't supposed to take you in the jail. They weren't supposed to leave us with this job to bring you to go get care. Like it was just, they really felt bad for me. So that's why I don't want to put the blame on them too much because they did show their sympathy. Like, man, that's messed up. They shouldn't have brought you here. They should have took full responsibility. So now I'm in Valley Wise Hospital. That's the county jail for Phoenix. I'm in there in the middle of the night. You got it. Now you think when I get, get the, uh, to the hospital again, it's one o'clock in the morning. There's nobody there to perform surgery. They basically just wrap me up and sit me in the hallway to the morning. Now it's probably like five, six in the morning. That's when all the doctors get to work. Now they perform a surgery later that afternoon. They perform the surgery. I wake up. I got needles sticking out my hand. From your finger being broken. Yes. I got needles sticking out my hand. I got stitches in my leg. I'm wrapped up. And I literally. Are your teeth still missing at this time? I'm missing two still right now. I got two of them fixed. No, I mean, at, while you're in the hospital. Oh, yeah, I'm missing teeth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, no, no dentist. And that's another, another thing. My teeth became infected because once you get a chipped tooth or oh, 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 open tooth, you got to have a root, root, root canal and they got to pull, pull out the nerve. So my teeth became infected. So now I'm out of surgery. It's probably like a day later. The sergeant for the the jail hospital, he comes to the room and they just get to snatching stuff out of my arm. I'm, I'm hey, what, 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 what's going on? He said, you got to go. I say, what do you mean? I got to leave. I'm, I'm still in pain. Like, I still, I'm trying to make sure everything is okay. You know, I just, they literally kicked me out probably 24 hours after I had my surgery. So they kicked me out the hospital. They're like, you're not going to stay, stay here. So they kick me out. They take me back to jail. Now, I'm not in a regular population where I could get assistance or anything like that. I'm in a, I'm in a, <laughs> this is the worst experience ever. I'm in a cell for 24 hours a day by myself. Like, I don't got a phone. I don't got a TV. I don't got a tablet. I don't got anything. I'm just in a cell by myself because it's an infirmary cell. So they don't want you to get hurt by another inmate. 
So they'll keep you in the cell by, by, by yourself. So I was on a lockdown for 24 hours for almost two weeks until they came with a plea deal for me to get out of jail. And this was a misdemeanor, you said? Yeah, a misdemeanor. And what was the charge? Uh, They charged me with a, a lot of stuff like resisting arrest, disorderly conduct. Trumped up charges. Yeah, yeah. You would call that. Yeah, yeah. Right. But they basically dropped all the charges and just charged me with a... I think it was a domestic violence or interfering with court procedures. And then they just said, Hey, take this plea. We'll let you out of jail. And you don't got to serve any jail time or anything like that. Okay. So now you're actually pushing back, right? So you said you got a lawyer and you're taking legal action because this was a gross abuse of power by the Goodyear police department. Yes. And so, so tell us a little bit about that. The lawsuit. Yeah. Oh, well, you don't, you don't have to tell anything. Yeah. But it, your lawyer wouldn't want you to say, yeah, let the people know this has a happy ending. When I got out of jail, I basically called a few lawyers. It was, I'm not going to say it was kind of hard to get the case started, but you know, a lot of people probably didn't want to take the case on for free. Well, I found Quasey Smith. He's actually an African American lawyer. And he decided to take the case on for free by him being a, a ex police officer he knows like how far this should go and when is enough is enough so he took the kk case on and after that we we filed a no notice to claim so they let them know that we'll be suing them but i just want to let, let you guys know it's not about the money it's, it's it's about the accountability like i literally had situations where people came to me after they said hey i should have stepped up and did the same thing but i was scared about the outcome like i had people that had similar scenarios happen that never went this far as suing the police or making them take accountability for what they did let me let me ask what you they this. did uh, how have you been i mean I've, I've seen physically you know you're doing better than you were i'm sure but how have you been mentally since this has all happened horrible 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 like i think the police are gonna kick my door in i don't feel safe in my own home I'm scared of dogs now. Like every, you know, Arizona, everybody ha has dogs. So I can't go to the, I actually have a little dog. So I see a, I go oh, to the dog. Why? You asked when you came in the studio, do, is there a dog here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually scared of dogs right, 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 right now. Cause yeah. it's just crazy. Well, that's a lot to process. Q, you want to jump in or <laughs> typically, like a human. typically I do want to jump in. Um, today, however, is not typical hmm. because I'm usually just flatly enraged by stories like this, except this time I'm sitting here listening to a firsthand account from a brother who is quite frankly, far more calm than I could possibly be if I was retelling this experience. Um, the idea that our skin is criminal. It's hard to imagine it happening to someone else, yeah. Someone not black. No, 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 no. See that and and that, I, I want I don't want to be colorful with my language. It's not hard to imagine that because we have no such stories. Yeah, we talked about before. We have none. Like you have to understand that the, the climate of our country right now, there are people who spend their entire days looking to debunk the myth of racism, looking to debunk the idea that police target us unfairly because we're black. Trust me, if there were any such stories, 
they would have found. They'd be all over the place all the time. Right? The 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 poor young man who you know we're raising money for who we're talking about later on today is already people counter producing stories to counter his story. Well, something happened to this white girl and you guys didn't raise that much money for her. It's like even in stories where we are by far the victim, they don't want there to be a happy ending. They don't want us to feel any relief. You know, and it's a it's a sad, it's a sad thing that our country has uh now sunk to a, a a place where we are so divisive in our politics that, that we are yeah. now divisive in our humanity you know there's there's something about this story too um before we move on that is kind of redundant and commonplace because we've seen this a lot in fact we talked about a story jeffrey ryan's in salt lake city who was kneeling had his hands up and the police sick the dogs on him and when i was trying to find out his name so many of those attack dog stories came up. In fact, you sent over a video from Inside Edition, and the title was Are Police Dogs Being Ordered to Bite Suspects Unnecessarily? So we appreciate your story, and obviously this is something we'll keep tabs on moving forward.